Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome to the Earth Story Podcast. Um, seems like my house is literally a construction zone right now and I haven't got a desk for my uh, spare room yet. So I'm recording this on two chairs <laughs> with my laptop. Anyways, so this is part two of the Star Trek Next Generation Season 3 review. So if you haven't listened to part one, listen to that. I'm not going to go over any of our rules that we're following. I'm just going to follow them myself. Anyways. Uh, episode one, or I guess first episode that we're talking about today, the price. Um, so during this episode, the Enterprise is hosting negotiations between the Federation, some random alien species, and uh, for some reason the Ferengi show up and want to uh, be in this negotiation. And all all that they're trying to do is buy a wormhole uh, that leads to like Delta Quadrant, I think, or somewhere real far away. Um, from this random alien species that has discovered it. Um, so the episode starts and there's this like pre-negotiation party. Um, we meet the random aliens negotiator, um, Mr. Pretty Boy, and he has a pretty lady with him. And uh, so whenever an episode starts with like Troy and Riker showing affection to one another, like you know something's going on and yeah, you know, Troy and Riker walk in arm in arm and uh, this guy, Pretty Boy, I'm going to name him Chad for this review, decides that he's going to ruin Riker's life. Um, anyways, the Ferengi also show up. So um, right off the bat, the Ferengi poison the Federation's negotiator. Like, they just, I don't know, some poison on the guy's skin. And uh, there's actually a scene in which Riker and Picard are like, hey, it's probably the Ferengi uh, who did this. And then they just, like, forget um, and stop caring about it. Anyways, that means Riker ends up being the negotiator, because I guess he's good at poker. That's one of his things. And uh, the rest of the episode is uh, either Jordy and Data figuring out that this wormhole is actually like useless. It doesn't have a set uh, like endpoint. It just fits you up somewhere random. And uh, Chad eating Riker's lunch. Um, so <clears throat> first, first goal of the day is uh, he seduces Troy. And, uh, you know, they, they start dating. Um, dating in the sense that they only go to each other's quarters, if you know what I mean. And um, whatever. And in the negotiations, he just, like, absolutely destroys Riker in those. And, like, boxing him out of, uh, of this deal. So Riker's not having a good time. <laughs> he's having his girl stolen. And uh, he's losing his job. Um... All this time, you know, they're dating, and, and eventually, like, Troy lets out that, um, or Troy finds out that this guy's, like, part telepath. Um, Troy being a Beta Zed, Beta Zed is a telepath. I think this guy's, like, a quarter or something, Beta Zed. Um, and he uses that for negotiations to, like, cheat, obviously, because he knows what people are thinking. And, uh, Troy tries to guilt trip him, but he's like, you know what? Do you ever tell these aliens that you're also a telepath? And she just kind of like shuts up. Um, anyways, the negotiations happen. Um, Jordy and Data come back and realize that, yeah, this wormhole is actually worthless. Um, they also kill a Ferengi vessel because they don't listen or whatever. Or get them like stranded in space. And uh, all this time, like, uh, things are happening. Uh, they figure out that it's worthless. The Ferengi have actually been like working with Chad to uh, 
make sure Chad gets a deal and then give the Ferengi extra rights to it. Uh, but they all come out on the bridge to find out that it's absolutely worthless. worthless. And uh, Troy ends up actually deciding to, to tell everyone that this guy's a telepath. And um, he gets his canuppance. Well, not really. He just like lost the deal. Um, or he bought something that's like useless. Um, which I assume he'd just get the money back because they literally just said deal. They haven't signed any contracts or whatever. Um, so I guess it's all on it ends well. Um, probably the most notable scene in this episode though is uh, like the time Dr. Crusher shows up and her and uh, Troy do some strange synchronized stretches uh, and spandex. So you trust me, you all know this scene if you uh, hit puberty watching TNG. Uh, they also fail a Bechdel test during that scene. Um, which is kind of a sad point in the writing in the series, but um, whatever. This episode, uh, I actually really like it, mostly because uh, Riker gets absolutely like everything taken from him and has a terrible time, and it's fun watching that. Um, so I rate this episode uh, lunches on Riker out of ten. On uh, to the next episode, the Bendis Factor. So uh, this is a Riker episode, and it's absolutely bonkers. So this is actually one of the episodes where I was like, you know what, I actually need to do a review for this series or this season, uh, because no one, no one's gonna believe this. So uh, the Enterprise is on some planet or whatever, and there just happens to be a terrorist attack, and uh, Picard just decides, like, you know what, I'm gonna end these terrorists. So uh, he talks to the planet's president and then basically kidnaps her and uh, they find out that these are just some Mad Max pirates that left the planet like 80 years ago uh, because the planet wanted to get rid of clan wars or something or a clash of clans, whatever. Um, and so they just want to be pirates. So the pirates, obviously, they track down, or sorry, the Enterprise tracks down these pirates and uh, instead of just nuking them from orbit, they like beam down and say, hey, we're going to nuke you from orbit unless you negotiate. Uh, so they have some conversation where mostly the like lead pirate says, I actually can't speak for all the pirates because uh, there is a pirate king. He, uh, he found the one piece. Uh, so you got to talk to them. But while this is happening, the president has a, a servant uh, that Riker's like very much trying to bang and she just like goes and kills some guy. Um, so whatever is happening... Um, I do want to talk about the, my reading of Riker in this episode. So maybe maybe we'll talk about that at the, the end. Um, but Riker and this girl, they have this relationship. She just keeps on like trying to be like, hey, you know, I will serve you. And Riker's like, no, you won't. We'll be equals. But uh, back to the plot, and we'll touch on my reading of Riker after. Um, no, none of the pirates care that uh, the guy died, but the Enterprise is like, we should probably um, like actually look into this. So they, they find the Pirate King, and they start the negotiations, and um, while they're all doing this, the science squad, uh, Crusher, or like Crusher Jr., Wesley Crusher, uh, Data, and Geordi, find out that this guy was killed by like a virus that only affects members of his family. Um, so obviously it, it affects everyone in his clan. And uh, it turns out... Um, they find out that the Pirate King will also be affected by this disease and that like someone's probably trying to kill him. So they, they go into the research of this planet and they find out that this one clan was killed by the Pirate King's clan and they're apparently eradicated. And then they look at a picture and they find that uh, the lady um, Riker's been trying banging is uh, actually a hundred year old, hundred plus year old assassin. 
Um, so they, they tell Riker, and he beams down to the negotiations and just vaporizes this, ch this chick and leaves. Um, and I, I assume the like pirates rejoin their planet. But uh, more interestingly, let's let's look at this reading of Riker here. So, um, like, one of the biggest issues with TNG is that, like, Riker, even though he's, like, um, one of the best commanders, apparently, in Starfleet, he doesn't become a captain until, like, the final movie. So he actually serves in the Enterprise in, like, 15 years. Uh, and there's even an episode later in the season where they talk about how Riker's just, like, keeping the spot uh, when he should just move on to be a become a captain. Um, but, like... When we see this, when we look at his relationship with this assassin girl, uh, we realize that like Riker very much does not want her to be subservient to him. She's like trying to be all sub-like, and he's like, no, we're going to be equals. Um, and I think this is actually why Riker doesn't become a captain, um, as that he is turned off by subservience. And the only way he does his job, based on this season, is uh, seduce women. So if he becomes a captain and has that extra power dynamic, he just like can't do his job. Um, but anyways, I'm sure you're not here to, to learn about how Riker's probably like a, a little bit of a predator. Um, and I rate this episode, don't stick in a century old assassins at a 10. All right. Moving on to our next episode, The Defector. Um, this episode, like, I'm sure there's a B plot, but the main plot is not that interesting anyways. Um, so the Enterprise crew, they're just like chilling around and this Romulan ship shows up with a guy on a who, uh, wants to defect from the Romulan Empire and he claims he can stop a Romulan invasion. Um, honestly, the best part of this episode, and I actually had to look it up, I forgot about it, is, uh, the very beginning, the cold open and Data's dressed up as King Hen Henry from Henry V, doing the scene where Henry disguises himself and like talks to all of his troops to find out what they're thinking. Uh, this whole time, Data's absolutely selling it. He's doing the full Shakespeare thing. And uh, Picard's just watching, very much engaged. Um, take that as you will. And there's a few times this episode or the season where they do the Shakespeare thing. And uh, I'll definitely key into the rest of those because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so the, once the plot starts, though, the episode gets boring. So uh, Romulan defectors, like, okay, the Rom Romulans are going to debate us, invade you. Uh, but besides that, he's sus. Like, right as soon as he blows, um, goes off to the Enterprise, and the Enterprise is like, oh, we better research this guy's ship so we can know about it. This guy just blows up his ship, and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm actually a pacifist. I don't like war. I'm not a traitor. Uh, the rest of the episode is basically the crew telling this guy, like, no, you're actually a traitor. You are the definition of traitor. Um, you're betraying your, like, country or your uh, space empire. Um, to us by giving us information um, Anyways, they keep on interrogating this guy and finding out that he knows nothing But Starfleet's like no this guy knows everything um, So listen to him and all these conversations is like in front of the Romulan dude So he knows like what he's doing is working, which is kind of a bad thing So they're like we don't trust him and then Starfleet is literally in front of the guy like you should trust him So they just keep on patting his own back um the only time the Enterprise has some conversation, which is like important to their own survival, that they don't listen to the guys, uh, at some point Worf like, Picard's like, hey, you should tell the Klingons what we're doing, and Worf does it. Um, at the end of the day, they follow the guy's instructions, and they go to this planet where there's supposed to be a huge Romulan base or something, um, 
And of course, the Romulans had set it as a trap, so they obviously fed this guy fake intel. Um, and before the Enterprise gets blown away, the Klingons come and kick their butts. Uh, once they leave, the Romulan dude kills himself. And, uh, like, this episode has a lot of tension, um, but it's really slow burning and it's not super interesting. Um, so I'm going to rate it. I'm not a traitor. I'm only a traitor uh, out of 10 to mock this guy. Now, on to the hunted, though, which I really like this episode. So it starts with Picard and the gang. They're down this planet, and this guy's like, hey, you know, I sure would like to be in the Federation. I hope you write me a good report. Um, and Picard's supposed to be like, yeah, you're a good or you're not, because that's part of his job, I guess. Um, so anyways, while they're in space, some prisoner escapes, and the president of this planet is like, hey, can you catch that guy? And uh, he actually invades the Enterprise for a little bit, and they're kind of looking embarrassed. Uh, but luckily, Data's an android and uh, can figure out his plan. So they capture him. And instantly, uh, Troy talks to him and doesn't fall in love with him. Uh, the doesn't in heavy quotation marks. So once we learn about this guy, it turns out he's a genetically engineered super soldier. And he's in a prison colony full of genetically engineered super soldiers. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you're seeing some parallels here to uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, so George Lucas, please step off. Um, but anyways, Clone Force 99 is, uh, he claims to be a good dude. Um, but he's like, yeah, I can just kill people super easily and stuff. And I actually have, like, no off switch. So um, it turns out when we all came back and tried to live in society, like, they just sent us to a prison colony. And uh, we're not allowed to leave. So the Enterprise... Um, <clears throat> decides to question him a little bit longer and not release him to the planet. And the president's like, no, this guy's totally lying. Um, so don't believe him. So anyways, probably the best part of this episode um, is the guy ends up escaping from jail because uh, he's like, you know, they're going to send me back. And like, fair enough, uh, because they will. Uh, so he's running around the Enterprise and he's like hiding and stuff. And there's a scene where he gets into one of the cargo bays and he hides in like a, a big barrel and uh, Worf's there. And you can just see the panic's eyes in, uh, in Worf's eyes when he's being surrounded by so many barrels. So if you remember from earlier seasons, you'll get that joke. Uh, but barrels are Worf's worst enemy and uh, he ends up getting caught again. But uh, due to Worf being sneaky. Um, so back to the actual plot though. Um, they, they give up the guy. And he instantly murders the people that they give him up to, and they hold a hold a riot on the prison uh, colony moon. And Picard ends up beaming down to talk to his president when all the prisoners come and put their guns on them. And they're, um, essentially, they're like, Picard, do something. And Picard's like, actually, no, this is your issue. By the way, uh, we're not letting you into the Federation, so have fun. Uh, it turns out the planet hadn't tried to, like, de- um, get these guys out of the PS PTSD. Um, and this episode is just a clear allegory to people coming back to war and being sort of like broken and like needing, uh, needing, you know, like society to actually care about them and get them back into functioning society after they've been asked to be killers. Um, so it's kind of interesting in that. Um, but besides that, I would watch it just see the Terran Wars eyes. And, uh, the guy who plays the prisoner is actually pretty good. Um, anyways, uh, I rank this one 
like it's a decent episode and uh, my rating is uh, 2,000, two, or sorry, 200,000 units are ready with a million more well on the way out of 10. Um, so if you get that deep cut reference, you're probably ready for my next deep cut reference, which is the episode called The High Ground. Uh, so in this one, Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting on Mustafar, and like Anakin's on a little thing over the lava. And uh, Obi-Wan's on the stones on the side, and he's like, hey, you know, I have the high ground, don't do it. Uh, but Anakin does it anyways, and he cuts them all up. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Wrong wrong thing. Anyways, um, Crusher ends up getting kidnapped by some terrorists, and uh, the terrorist ends up falling in love with Crusher and drawing creepy pictures of her. Well, he's, uh, well, he's, you know, or she's, uh, like saving everyone because they, they get this disease by the super cool transporter that they're using, but they want to keep doing terrorist things. All while this is happening, uh, Riker and this, like, um, Tashi Yar type character, this real, like, uh, I don't know, cool woman, strong, strong empowered woman, uh, who's the police head of security for this planet, are like, trying to chase down these terrorists and you just watch how they're just arresting everyone and like children and stuff um but yeah the episode's more or less kind of boring um they they don't they decide using crusher as a tool because they're like you know what uh the planet won't negotiate us with us but if we get the federation pissed at us then they're gonna come and then they're gonna have to negotiate um they even kidnap picard so they can do the you know, Picard Crusher scene, because every time Crusher has an episode, Picard needs to be featured in it. Um, otherwise, no one really does anything. Uh, eventually, the boys just come come down and shoot everyone at the end. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So all in all, I rate this episode uh, better than The Hunted, but nowhere near Deja Q. Um, honestly, the fact that it's called The High Ground and... It's, uh, that's a prequel meme. It's probably the best part of the episode. Now, Deja Q, though. Oh, man. So, uh, the first little bits of my note is just says, it's Q, baby. And uh, John Delancey absolutely kills it in this episode. Like, he kills every time he's Q. Um, anyway, so the Enterprise, um, they're talking to this planet, and this planet's moon's going to hit them. They're, the moon's orbit's messed up. And uh, all of a sudden, Q just gets dropped on, like, the bridge, and it's like, hey, I don't have the Q powers anymore. So they put him straight in prison, and uh, while he's in prison, they're just, like, talking to him, and Q just keeps on making really good, like, jokes. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is his first time being human, so he, like, doesn't know what being cold's like. He doesn't know, like, being hungry. He doesn't know about using the bathroom. He never had to sleep before. Um, so there's just a lot of humor about that. And, uh... The Enterprise can't actually figure out how to stop this moon, so they just keep on having these really awkward conversations with the people on the moon. And they're these scientists, and they're just like, hey, we'd be kind of disappointed if you didn't stop it. Like, millions of people will die. And the Enterprise is like, yeah, we're trying. And they're like, okay, we appreciate that. So there's really no urgency with this moon plot. <clears throat> um, anyways, eventually, Picard says, hey, Q, your data's problem and uh, get him to help out. Now, once Q's out of jail, this episode gets really, really funny. It goes from, like, really good to, like, really, really good. Um, so they end up in 10... Oh, well, yeah. So they're in 10 forward, um, and Guinan, who, like, 
doesn't really like you just literally walks up to him and stabs him with a fork to find out that he's mortal um and like literally right in the hand like it goes into his hand and like you this is his first time feeling pain and he just hates it um Q keeps on doing stuff wrong and he, he just like becomes depressed and uh data's like oh yeah when i see counselor troy depressed she just eats ice cream sundaes so he orders like 10 of them um and then they end up leaving but it would have been really funny to like watch him eat them and then like learn that adult humans shouldn't eat dairy um because that'd be funny anyways uh there's also a scene where they're like in engineering and he's trying to help and uh Jordy's like, what should we do? And Q's like, well, haven't you guys just tried changing how physics works? And they're like, no, because we can't. And he's like, oh, well, it kind of sucks to suck. Um, but yeah, Data and Q really play off one another really well because like Data strives to be human and Q is just like pure disgust for humans. Um, so it's just a really good, really funny. Um, anyways... Eventually, Q decides he's going to kill himself, so he's like, he steals a ship, and he's going to, like, smash into the moon or something with the ship, um, and his Q buddy shows up and is like, oh, you passed a test, which they didn't really make it clear what that test was, but they, they give him his Q power backs, Q powers back, and uh, essentially, he, uh, he snaps himself into the bridge and with, like, a cigar, and there's, like, a Mirachi band, I think, and then he just, like, makes attractive women all over. Um, scanned cloud women like um that are like all over like Riker and everyone else and he's like hey I'm back and everything uh, and then Picard's like okay you need to get out or whatever um as per usual and he leaves and he fixes the moon um I would really really recommend this episode out of like this season and honestly we're in a little bit of a stretch for the season just gets like absolutely bonkersly good like we've had some good episodes before um like which episodes are like uh like who watches a watcher um ensigns of command and stuff like that but like from here we have very little letdown that's not bangers um so let's get into that sorry i'm just scrolling through my notes so matter of perspective um this is the weird um not banger <laughs> even though i just talked it up um, I guess I rate the last episode, by the way, Q to 10. So um, Riker and Jordy beam over to the science station to like visit it and get a heads up on this guy um, and how he's progressing his work. He's doing some energy-based thing. And uh, as Riker beams back, the, the entire thing explodes. And they're like, okay, Riker, you probably killed this guy. And the rest is a court case. So uh, they use a holodeck to, and everyone's like, um, the people who were there is alimony or like story to uh to go through what actually happened so the three characters that have an account of this matter are Riker, uh the dude's wife and the murdered dude um so we get to watch all three of them so in rikers um which is actually probably the most true which is sad and hilarious um while he's there he's like being all pleasant and stuff the guy's wife is literally throwing himself at him and stuff and he's like, no, I'm going to go stay on the planet. And she's like, no, you need to stay here and closes the door. Um, and he just like, it makes Raker look like an absolute Chad. Um, so fair enough. Obviously, he created that. When we get to the guy's wife recreation, uh, Riker's like not taking no for an answer and just being super creepy. And uh, when it comes to the husband's recreation, 
like he actually just kicks Riker's ass for trying to seduce his wife and uh, Riker's like tears in his face like threatening to end his career and stuff um so we get the three levels of Riker probably the uh what he thinks of himself um what he's actually like being really creepy and uh, the like people who want to be Riker who want Riker kind of the incel view of Riker um so anyways while this is happening just something randomly just keeps on deleting sections of the Enterprise and the science squad are trying to solve it. Um, so they figure out that it has to do with like the machine that this guy was making. And as they remade it in the holodeck, it was like causing the same issue. And uh, Picard ends up doing a big speech um, that says like, no, this wasn't a murder. And then this is all an accident. Um, Besides that, like, it's just one of those stories that's told from multiple angles as, like, a mystery story, and you get, like, a new clue each time, but you don't really pick up what's supposed to be a clue. Um, so I'm just going to rate this episode, uh, Riker's about to be me 2 out of 10, and we're going to move on to the last episode of this podcast episode, uh, which is the banger, Yesterday's Enterprise. Um, so before we get into it, this episode just, like, absolutely murders their budget, I'm sure. Because, like, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we get there. But uh, the first first scene is probably one of the best scenes in the episode, or the scenes in the season. So uh, Worf and Guinan are at the bar, and Guinan's like, hey, you should try this. Um, and he drinks it, and he's like, oh, this is really good. What is it? And Guinan's like, oh, it's prune juice. Um, and then uh, Worf's like, yes, prune juice, a warrior's drink. Um, and it's super happy about it. And that's actually a thing that follows our work through the rest of Star Trek is that he's super into prune juice. Um, all right, on to the plot. So um, as they're drinking away, uh, the Enterprise-C comes through a temporal or time warp, and uh, all of a sudden everything changes. So we get a new bridge. Uh, we get new uniforms. They pack a ton of extras in. Normally the Enterprise is like kind of not super full. But they just put a ton of extras, so every hallway is super full. Um, and everything becomes very warlike. The Federation is actually at war with the Klingons. Um, besides that, though, our main crew doesn't really do anything. Uh, this episode really just focuses on Tashi Yar, who somehow returned. Uh, some random dude from the Enterprise-C, and then Guinan. Um, all right, on to the plot, plot though. Um, so... Right away, Picard decides to break the Temporal Prime Directive and uh, tell the Enterprise-C what's going on and actually repair it. Because uh, they're like, well, we need another ship to fight, and they find out the Klingons are on the way. The rest of the episode is just Yar and this rando's romance, um, trying to fix the Enterprise-C, and like, you know, they have all these flirty flirts. Um, Guinan eventually convinces Picard that they're uh, in a messed up timeline. So Picard's like, oh, you know, this time warp's still open. We can send them back. But they don't really know what's the truth. So they kind of decide that. But Picard's like, no, nah, we're going to send them back. Um, Gunnett also tells Yar that she's actually dead in the regular timeline. So Yar's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. Um, I'm, I'm being very brief on this episode because this is a highly recommended episode, just so you know. Um, what ends up happening is the Klingons uh, end up attacking the Enterprise C and D. And... Uh, Yar ends up going back in time with them to set things right. And then everything switches back to, like, regular. Um, but only Guinan really knows anything happened. Because, you know, these people just, like, the rest of the crew is like, oh, there's this time warp. And they're like, oh, no, it went away. Um, 
but Guinan just went through as like, oh, there's a time warp. Oh, everyone, everyone became mili- militaristic. Um, and then it went back to normal. Um, I would say this is definitely a much-watched episode. And just besides Worf uh, in this episode, he has one scene and he just absolutely kills it. It's really funny because like they changed Riker's character to be like really warlike. He's like, oh yeah, we're kicking butt, we're gonna fight and everything. Um, and Picard's like <clears throat> very much still a pa- pacifist, and he's like, oh no, we don't really want to fight. Uh, we only fight because we have to. Also, by the way, the uh, Federation's losing this war, so you know you guys should get back in time and like fix things. Um, yeah, the end of the episode, it's basically a bottle up or like. This all happened in a dream because everything gets reset until the later seasons. Um, But no, super good episode. Like, it's really cool seeing the sets change, having another bridge set, uh, the uniforms change and all that. And just how, like, all the characters act changes. Um, So normally they're very, like, carefree and, like, you know, peace-loving. But uh, they're obviously all soldiers all of a sudden. And and the actors really do a good job to, like, show that. Um... But with that, that's the end of this episode. So thank you for listening. Um, We'll finish the rest of it probably next week. Uh, This episode, a little rushed on the production side because I'm going uh, away next weekend. So I'm recording quite early in the week and uh, just trying to get it finished while I have a million other things to do. So thanks for listening. Uh, Besides that, don't do anything I wouldn't do or haven't done. I want to see you all here next week.